One of the roles that Torah plays right now is in giving people a mirror to what they're feeling, what they're experiencing, and maybe even a window <laughs> yeah. to where they want to go. I'm Alana Steinheim, Rosh Beit Midrash and Senior Fellow at the Shalom Hartman Institute. I'm excited to share that I am the host of Texting, a new podcast where ancient wisdom meets contemporary relevance from Hartman's award-winning digital team. On each show, Hartman scholars Christine Hayes, Yona Hain, or Leora Botnitsky will join me to delve into a Torah text that offers insight and inspiration about the issues that matter to you and to our community. I got the feeling from the various explanations that the rabbis gave that God also feels broken. You can listen to texting at shalomhartman.org forward slash texting or wherever you get your podcasts. I look forward to learning with you. Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one educational page of Talmud each day. And in today's pages, Bavakama 73 and 74, come across this really interesting and curious exchange. Have a listen. And Rav Papa said in response to a question, we are speaking of a case where the individual changed his mind within the time required for speaking a short phrase. Abiyosi holds that when one adds a statement after a pause, even if the addition was made within a short time, it is considered a separate statement, which does not reverse the initial declaration. So here they are asking themselves, what does that mean, time required for speaking a short phrase? And the Talmud continues. The sages say in response, there are two time frames that are referred to as being within the time required for speaking a short phrase. One is the time required for a student to greet a rabbi, and the other one is the time required for the rabbi to greet a student. In other words, kind of predicating this entire notion of the time or the the fundamental atomic unit of speech to this very, very basic and, according to them, deeply respectful exchange in which the students say, oh, hello to you, my rabbi, teacher, and great master. And the rabbi says to the student, well, thank you so much, my dear student, for greeting me. That is the building block of all human communication. And I just wondered, really, is that still true? So I would love to welcome back to the show educational expert, philosopher, teacher, straight out of the Sheffa School in Manhattan. Hello. Welcome back to the show, Vicky Messler. Hi, Liel. So I have not been in school in a while. And when I was in school, I was not, shall we say, the best student. But I'm, I'm very curious. Is there still this great symbiotic relationship of uh, nothing but respect between teachers and students? Or have we moved on to this all too familiar time in which a student seeing a teacher would just say, yo, sup? Or, hey, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, the line between formal and informal is very, very blurry uh, these days. I think um, that's, a, that's a, a teacher struggle for sure. And so tell us, when we think about the Talmud today designating the relationship between a teacher and a student as so foundational and fundamental as to be the kind of Rosetta Stone of all human communication. Uh, agree, disagree? What, what, what's the view from, from inside the teacher's lounge in this question? 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think this is a hot topic for teachers um, in the teachers' lounge. It seems to me that one of the primary reasons why teachers go into the teaching profession is because of this very important and sacred relationship with which they will endeavor for assuming a school year or perhaps more, depending on the school. But it's a very, very important relationship. And I think it truly is a covenant in that the teacher is entering this relationship to do their best work on behalf of the child. And I think that the child has a reciprocal covenant, which is that they show up every day ready to learn with their pencil and and committed to the value of working at their very best. Um, and that is, I think, the ideal in education. That's, I, th- I think, what teachers aspire for. I don't know if it's necessarily what kids aspire to, but I think there is, you know, a willingness and an, and an obligation for the kids to show up every day. And so that reciprocity of respect and that reciprocity of the relationship being one of mutual respect and, and regard for each other um, in this back and forth, I think is very, very important. Now, the reciprocity of respect is a, is a great title for your next TED Talk. I love it. And I, I admire your commitment to this and this kind of idealistic view of things. But <laughs> in reality, I, I assume, uh, observing children, parents, teachers, etc., I assume that there are all kinds of, of challenges to what you just said. One that I could think of being parents who not always, to say the least, view teachers as sources of authority that ought to be obeyed and celebrated, and also kids who these days are more likely than not to spend time on, you know, YouTube, TikTok, other sources of media that kind of teach them to be sassy, opinionated activists. So what are the sort of real life challenge to this reciprocity of respect that the Talmud and you and all right thinking people believe is the foundation for the sacred covenant between teacher and student? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's fascinating because the, the days of the authoritarian, all-powerful teacher at the front of the room is basically gone in American education. And we move toward a much more student voice and giving students choice model. And I think that's very important because I think having kids invested in their own learning is very valuable and very exciting in education to see kids get really excited about the topic. It's, it's very rewarding to see that in the, in the spark of interest in the child's eye. I think that though the democratic voice and certainly parents' voice on every single decision that a teacher made is, is really challenging education today, especially in America. So it seems to me that there's a lot of opinion in pop culture about what teachers should and shouldn't be doing. And there's a lot of parent power in just going to the board or going to the principal and complaining about a teacher either virally online or literally at a board meeting to try to crusade for somebody to be fired. And it can be legitimate. There are certainly bad apples in the bunch. But I think for the most part, the idea that parents know just as much about education as a teacher who has spent many years studying and assuming many years of experience in practice is very different than what we would expect of anybody else's profession. I certainly don't go to the doctor and just having had an appointment, assume that because I've been to the doctor's office, I know everything about medicine. And I think the same thing is true of parents. Like just because you went to school doesn't mean that you're an educational expert. And I don't know that they really have the expertise to make decisions about what's going on in the classroom. Yet I think that kids are hearing that parents have lots and lots of opinions about what their teacher is doing. Fascinating discussion on which, as we could already see, not just our dinnertime conversations, but also increasingly our national elections revolve. Vicky Messler, thank you so much. 
for being our guest. Absolutely. My pleasure. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you are really going to love the new book just published by me. It's called How the Talmud Can Change Your Life, Surprisingly Modern Advice from a Very Old Book. You can order it now at your local bookstore or directly from the publisher through the link in this here podcast description or through that big online store whose logo is, you know, a smile. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You could get your Take One t-shirt and mugs and other swag at tabletstudios.com and you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. Talmudic.